Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Talking Games with Kelly and Andrew. I'm Andrew. And I am Kelly. And I did not just spend like five minutes talking about the 2014 horror movie Unfriended to Andrew, who has never seen the movie nor has any desire to. Yeah. It's important that you say that because I'm not putting it. It's not. They're not going to hear it. <laughs> it's getting cut. Sometimes I think about things and then I say them and it's like, Kelly, you probably didn't need to say that. But then it just keeps going and going and going. I don't know how to stop. See, it's great for a podcast because, you know, podcasting is just talking. But we're talking games. And I don't think Unfriended 2014, the film that takes place over Skype before COVID happened. I don't think that's a video game. Yeah, you're probably right. Um, Kelly, we were off last week. Lots of life events, lots of busyness. We took a week off to breathe and to game. Well, I gamed. (laughs) (laughs) Some of us were in the Windy City with the Big Bean, if you will. Is that what it's called? No, it's actually called the Millennium Gate or like the. No, it's called the Cloud Gate. I'm sorry, but it's the Bean. Okay, I've never heard the big bean. Well, it's a big bean, so. Uh, yeah, but something about it, that sounds kind of, I don't like it. Well, the bean is like a, a slang for a drug, too. Like, the bean kicked in, like. Really? Anyway. Yeah, we don't have for to For what in... drug? I think it's, like, MDMA, but I might be wrong. I've never done, like, extensive research on what the bean is slang for? I would say don't. Okay. I sure won't. <laughs> Kelly, why don't we get started with some some informational factual uh um what's the word for news that's long? Current events? I guess so. I feel like just cut me off. Just go. Okay, so something <laughs> crazy. Have you ever heard of the studio Ubisoft? Andrew? No. Okay, well, listen to this. Um, they uh, were t- are trying to make this game called Beyond Good and Evil 2. Um, maybe you've heard of it. It's been in development for about 16,000 years. Uh, the director has said uh, bye. The studio head has said bye-bye. Uh, so Beyond Good and Evil no longer has a managing director. Uh, well, that's this such is a sort of sign. interesting because there's a labor investigation going on right now um, at that studio. It's Ubisoft Montpellier. Montpellier? Is that what it's called? I don't know. I'm not French. But um, yeah, who even really knows uh, what's going on with this game? What's going on with Ubisoft? Um, it's kind of a big mystery right now uh what is happening with this what was once large studio seems to be having a lot of issues between this and skull and bones (gasps) and the lack of anything regarding assassin's creed mirage I remembered at that time. I was gonna say you could be lying, and I would believe you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so bit tumultuous. You know what's crazy? I was doing research while you were talking. Guess when this game was announced? Two thousand sixteen. That's when the 
so they re- revealed that one cinematic teaser in 2017, but this okay. game was announced in 2008. Oh my god. <laughs> That's really bad. It's been 15 years. Oh my goodness. And there's not even like a hint. Like 2017 to 2023 is a long time. <sighs> That's crazy. This is the same E3 that like this is the same year that Bayonetta 3 and Metroid Prime 4 also got announced. One of those games came out. One of them feels more real. And then this game just doesn't have anything going for it. Plus, it was technically announced in 2008. <laughs> that's insane. Yeah, um, that's, yeah. Ubisoft uh, is expressing a lot of positivity and optimism in the news, though, because they expressed that they plan on attending E3 2023, quote, if it happens. <laughs> So a big vote of confidence from Ubisoft over on the Electronic Entertainment Expo front. Clearly, they have the highest expectations for what this show's gonna, uh, the show's gonna do, and they're also they want to be one of the biggest benefactors that they're willing to do it if it happens. I mean, they would be the biggest benefactor, uh, as we learned that really no one's going to be there. Except for potentially Ubisoft with whatever they're going to show up. The lot of things to show in question, I guess we'll find out No, Kelly, what those could possibly be. Kelly, there's one other company that's supposed to have a major presence. It's, oh, is um, that true? Yeah. It's uh, uh, your favorite developer and mine, Konami. Oh, who's... oh, oh, cool, cool, cool. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. I think this is going to be a great E3 with Ubisoft and Konami <laughs> helming it. Uh, and, like, that's the funny thing is I'm so curious to see what Konami would do because they have so much good IP, but I'm kind of, like, eh on anything they do now. Like, I'm like, oh, a new Castlevania game would be incredible. Not from Konami, though. New Metal Gear, incredible. Not for Konami. Even Silent Hill. Like, we saw that Silent Hill 2 remake. And this is off topic, but, like, the longer I've had to stew on that game, and tell me if you disagree, the longer I've had to stew on that remake, realize who's making it with Bluebird, and rewatching that trailer like months after the excitement of the announcement, I don't care. I don't have a ton of confidence or excitement in that product. Partially because like I don't think Bluebird has the pedigree uh, to handle one of the most esteemed and important video games ever but also because i don't trust konami to like really put the resources into it that it needs to um i don't necessarily disagree i think they benefit a lot from the fact that it's a remake and the story and plot points are all there so if they just stick to literally exactly what happens in the game i'm sure it'll be fine uh my concern really is like two things is that uh, these remakes, other than like the Resident Evil ones, I feel like every remake that's come out in the past like five years has had some like severe issues, like performance wise or like bug wise. Um, 
And you're right. I just don't know if like Bluebird has the bandwidth to handle something like that. On a more like meta note, I feel like part of what makes Silent Hill 2 so eerie beyond the story is the the way that it plays. Mm-hmm. It's a little bit old. It's a little bit clunky. It's a little bit... Rock and roll. A little bit rock and roll. It's a little bit antiquated, so to speak. So it's it, it feels a little bit spookier for some reason. I don't know. I just feel like the age of the game matches the tone really well. Um, yeah. And I also will Product say that if you time. were to... Yeah, if you were to go back and play Silent Hill 2 now, originally, it's not that it really even looks bad. You know what I mean? Like, it's... No. Yeah, it's yeah. old, but it's not, like... It's not unbearable to look at. Um, so I don't know. I am still excited about it, but I am nervous. Um, I'm not really sure what else Konami could possibly do at E3. Mm. Um, I feel like they they... I feel like some kind of Metal Gear remake is probably in the works as well. Could they make a Metal Gear game, though? Is that intellectual property that belongs to somebody else? No. Although, like, there's been also rumors circulating, and I don't want to, like... I'm just going to put it out into the universe, even though it's not super corroborated. There's, There's rumors that Kojima and Konami have, like, sort of settled things a bit. And that there's a possibility of some IP being shuffled back over to its proper place. But I don't even want Kojima to make a Metal Gear game. Because he has said like a billion times, I don't want to make these anymore. And then they keep making him. And the last time they did that, it went very poorly. The only way I could see that working is if they shuffled the Silent Hill IP over to him. But we know that's not happening because they currently have, what, five silent hill projects in development yeah and, whatever and, that even means well yeah that's why i use project and not games because it looked like the two remake and then that one with all the flowers the two remakes the flower one and then two gotcha games <laughs> uh, they have well what was the there's the one that's like a live experience where like it's a, it's being presented as though it's kind of like a quarry uh, until dawn type of game but everybody like contributes to what happens but that sounds really bad like that sounds like a bad idea like like twitch plays pokemon yeah but for like a narrative <laughs> adventure game which sounds frustrating yeah. yeah i'm i'm sorry i've pulled us so far off the track that we are just not even on the train anymore Th- that's okay we're still kind of on the train i mean if I we still are talking still talking about e3, about e3 uh, you may be shocked to know that Nintendo has officially said they are not participating in E3 this year. Um, this mm. is not necessarily surprising. I think we all kind of knew this, but uh, I think it's interesting. <laughs> e3 is happening in like two months, three months. Oh my god! You're... I don't even know what month it is anymore. It's, it's almost March. March. Well, it'll be one day before March when this airs. So uh, it would seem that these events are planned. Like, really last minute if these companies are like, yeah, we're not going to be there. And then Ubisoft is like, oh, yeah, we'll be there if it happens. Like, <laughs> You're completely right. At this like, point, we'd be hearing about the schedule a few years ago. Like, this is when Microsoft's doing theirs. This is when Bethesda's doing theirs. Right now, we're just like, who's going to be there? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, not surprising news at all. But I feel like this E3, I... I 
wonder if it's going to happen and it's just going to be the third party event, you know? Yeah. If this is because, you know, Konami, Capcom, Ubisoft, those are smaller small smaller conglomerates than Sony, than Xbox, than Nintendo. So it makes sense that they'd want to kind of show up at one place where more eyes would be on them. Because, you know, plenty of times have, like, Capcom been like, we're doing a Capcom showcase, and they'll do it on a random day. And those just don't get traction. But if you're attached to the E3 name, I think there's a hope that they would get traction. But the question is, if you remove Sony, Microsoft, Nintendo, do people still go watch E3? Not that many people watched the Square Enix E3 conference. Not that many people watched the Ubisoft one. Well, probably more of that one. But those third-party little niche ones didn't get many views to begin with. If you remove the big dogs from the equation, uh, that little chihuahua, it ain't going to swim for very long, you know? Yeah, I I think it's time to, to put the cow out to pasture, if you know what I mean. Let's kill the cow. Well, you could have been more delicate in your delivery. I don't think that the ESA is a very nice group of people, so I'm okay with my delivery. But what about the cow? Well, I love cows, but there probably won't be any in the Mario movie. Unless they go to Moo Moo Meadows. <gasps> they, that could happen, actually. <laughs> um, we got a couple bits of Mario movie news this week. Uh, one, we got confirmation that the final trailer is going to be shown off in a Nintendo Direct on March 9th. So what, eight days from this episode airing? Um, we got a cool new key art of Donkey Kong, Peach Mario, Cranky Kong, and Toad on Rainbow Road with a blue shell behind them. It's very beautiful art. Um, and then we also heard, because there's not a lot to, I mean, what do we say about that? Oh, cool key art, but we'll talk about the trailer after it happens, probably. Um, and I'm excited that there's only one more trailer, although part of me doesn't want to watch it, but we'll see. We heard about the runtime of the movie, and that is 92 minutes. I consider that extremely good news. How do you feel about it, Kelly? I think it's good. I think movies should never be longer than two hours. Exactly. I don't, and especially a movie like this, like a cute cartoon. Part of me's like, oh, do two hours because I'm probably going to love the Easter eggs and stuff and I'll get, I'll love eating that up. But that doesn't sustain rewatches. And if I want to rewatch it and it's more than 90 minutes, it's hard to justify that. It's like Sonic 2. Sonic 2, I thought was great. I loved that movie. It being two hours means I don't rewatch it, though. You know, mm -hmm. that's too long. 90 minutes, perfect. Plus, if it sucks, that's a lot less time to sit through. Yeah, very true. I'm excited to see this in theaters with you. Me too. I'm excited to eat a big tub of popcorn and drink a Coke slushie and watch the Mario movie. In theaters. In the theater. The theater? I don't think the you can theater. call it that when it's the Mario movie. Yes, we can. What are you talking about? If I'm eating popcorn, it's the theater. I, I, um, 
I guess. Oh, so. sorry. Go ahead. No, you go ahead. Just move on. I was just going to choo-choo along into the next story, uh, which is actually also a Mario-related story. Mario adjacent. Actually, it's completely direct, directly related to Mario. Um, Miyamoto has confirmed that Nintendo is working on another Mario game, on the next Mario game, but they don't have anything substantial to announce now. I don't think this is particularly shocking or surprising. I think it would be strange if they weren't working on a Mario game. So I have had an epiphany. Okay. I put this in because I heard this news and I got excited. Oh, they're making a Mario game. I, yeah, thanks, Miyamoto. And then you said it out loud. And it made me think about in t- 2013. Sorry. No. Yeah, 2013 when Miyamoto was like, yeah, Pikmin 4 is basically done. <laughs> <laughs> and now we're in 2023. So actually, I, I wish I didn't put this news in because now I'm like, oh. Miyamoto saying that games are being made means nothing. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's funny because he says we're always working on the next Mario game. We're always working on Mario. It's like that instills even less confidence because it's very unspecific. Yeah. It's just like like somebody's like, oh, is there another Mario game? And he like looked at them and he just, he was like, just nodded. He was like, yeah. We're always working on Mario. Duh. <laughs> I want to know. Are you stupid? That is kind Are of a dumb, dumb question. Yeah. Are you working on a Mario game? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, we've been working on a Mario game. We've <laughs> always been working on a Mario game since our concept. Well, not since their conception, but. No, they made Hanafuda cards before they yeah. made Mario. Mario. Who's Mario? Sorry. I don't know what came <laughs> over me. <laughs> um, Kelly. You know, we were talking about how much you've been enjoying your PlayStation VR 2 headset that you bought, right? Yeah, for $16 billion. Don't be ridiculous. It's $14 billion. <laughs> um, no, so we did hear some news that I find to be one of the most exciting announcements as far as VR news goes. Resident Evil 4 Remake is going to be getting a fully supported virtual reality mode on PSVR 2 at a later date as free DLC. I found this quite surprising because one, it's being made, it's a third person game, so it's a lot harder to translate to VR. And two, so much effort went into that VR remake for Oculus that I'm like, they can't just like, they can't just half butt this they got to go all butt. They have to use their whole butt to make this game. I think I lost the thread a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. What I'm saying is like that remake, that VR remake put so much love and care into translating so many elements that I'm like, they they have to do that again, right? Yeah. That's going to be hard because this is a very, from what we've seen, different game they can't just translate it with new graphics right yeah well it's also like free yeah are you sure that's like a different game it should be for free it if it's good it'll be as big as a new game 
as far as like workload and stuff. Yeah, I am interested. What an interesting story. What an interesting piece of news that we have stumbled upon. I mean, I didn't really stumble. I guess, I sure, I stumbled upon it. Thanks. I would say you stumble upon anything. Okay. Much like sometimes you stumble in a match of Mortal Kombat because uh-huh. your enemy hit a really good combo. Uh, am I supposed to be making like a stumbling? Whoa, whoa, oh, no. no, you you could have acknowledged my transition. However, that's a good transition, Kelly. Thanks. And you want to know why, audience? <laughs> because Mortal Kombat 12 has been officially announced in an investor call <clears throat> Thursday. Well, last. Well, yes, this still last Thursday. By the time you're listening, um, and shock of all shocks. It is supposed to be released sometime this year. That's 2023, folks. And we're already three months in. This year is going fast already, baby. Who knows when Mortal Kombat 12 will be out? Maybe September. Maybe October. I really like when Ed Boon, who makes uh, Mortal Kombat, was like, yeah, guys, we don't have anything to say for the next Mortal Kombat game. This was a little while ago. But I promise the next time we announce it, it's going to be a crazy, like, we're going to do it a really interesting way. And then poor Ed, (sighs) it was an interesting way, and it's not like anything they've done before. But I don't think he expected a Warner Brothers video game executive to be like, yeah, we're making Mortal Kombat 12. It's out this year. I would argue that this is an interesting way to reveal this game because it is not at all like any other game reveal. Yeah, it's boring. it, in the sense that it is boring, <laughs> that it happened on a stuffy old business call on a Thursday morning in February. Yeah, while a PlayStation event was happening, <laughs> like PlayStation's like we're doing a major event to announce lots of things, and we'll talk about that in a second. But meanwhile, Jim's on the phone, like, uh, yeah, I think it's about time for uh, Mortal Kombat Twelve. We'll uh, we'll release it this year. Bless their little hearts. Bless them. Um, I don't know who Jim is, but yeah, I was Earthworm I was trying to Jim? look up if there was like a name attached to this, and I'm like, I think you're just being silly. Earthworm Jim. Maybe Harley Jim. Sorry, that sounded right in my head. <laughs> I meant Harley Quinn of this of the Suicide Squad. Kelly with the Suicide Squad. Have you heard yep, of them? Yeah, there's. Yep, there's a big shark and Harley Quinzel, Dr. Quinzel, and uh, Boomerang, Boomerang guy. Paul. That's not his name. And Tim. And the, oh, what's, (sighs) Greg. Do you want to hear something really interesting? I saw Suicide Squad in theaters three times. What? That is interesting. Let's go into that. Okay, so there's a new Suicide Squad trailer. We'll talk about it in a second. Because first, Kelly's going to explain why she saw Suicide Squad. Are you talking about these? Is this the one with John Cena or the one with Will Smith? No. The one with Will Smith. Okay, you saw that the bad three one. times in theaters. Yeah. Why? <laughs> I can tell you. I don't remember. What? I saw you it saw the it first... three times. How do you forget? 
I I saw it the first time with one person, and then I saw it the second time with a group of people, and then I saw it the third time with a different person. It sounds like you need better friends. Why are they dragging you to the Suicide Squad? Thrice. Yeah, now that I think about it, it is crazy that I saw it three times. You know what other movie I saw three times was Les Mis. Um, and if like anybody's seen that movie, it's th- movie, it's like, yeah, it's like three hours. So that's like oh nine hours of my life I'll never get back. Did you like so. it? Actually, I did. I liked it quite a bit. Okay, so that's at least justified on like Suicide Squad. Yeah. I remember the... Th- we don't have to talk about it. Let me just say anecdotally, I, the third time I saw Les Mis, it was because it was a class field trip for my French class. So I got to go for like four hours of my day in high school and watch a movie. And that was a field trip. And then I came back and I had like one class and then it was time to go home. That happened to me in high school too at like around Christmas time. If you like sold enough pies in the fundraiser, you got to go see a movie and when I was in high school, it was The Hobbit every year because they were releasing them every year, which oh, like, yeah. I don't like those movies very much. But let me tell you something. They're really long, which is great when you're going on a class field trip and want to stay out of the school. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so a pie squad. Oh, because I sold <laughs> pies. I had no idea what you were saying. <laughs> and I like looked at my screen frantically for something about pie. Yeah. Uh anyway, uh what Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League, the video game, uh, during the PlayStation State of Play got a fifteen minute uh expose. No, it was a, it was a trailer with a lot of cuts and a lot of interviews with people there was so much to unpack here uh, mm. so okay. much to unpack and i don't want to do any of it i was gonna say i keep thought, it in the bag i thought this game looked really good the past couple times we've seen it even though it's been very fleeting this is the most extensive look we've gotten uh, and i think it looks fine which is normally I'd be like, okay, cool, I'll move on. But I had such high hopes and also like expected a certain degree of Arkham polish that while this game is technically polished, it just looks like a third person shooter. And that's disappointing. Like, why is Harley Quinn not using a giant hammer? Why is the shark not using his like shark teeth? Why is Captain Boomerang not using a boomerang? Why? Is Captain Boomerang because, not allowed to use a boomerang? Because you have to buy the best gun, and then you have to buy skins for the best gun. And if the characters are using boomerangs and shark teeth and hammers, then you can't buy gun skins. And you yeah. can't earn gun skins in the battle pass. Oh, yeah. That's the other thing. Uh, it was officially confirmed Officially confirmed that the battle pass is purely aesthetic. And I'm like, that. why you say that like it's positive? You have a battle pass. Um, it's also confirmed to be live service. I think we kind of knew that. It's also confirmed that even if you play single player, you must always be online. Which I hate. That's terrible for preservation. Like, what if I love this game? What if I love it? Which, like, you know, 
I'm not going to put money on that right now. But what <laughs> if I love this game? That means in a certain number of years, probably fewer than I would like, I just can't play it anymore. And I hate that. It, it's single player. It can be single player. They said in this trailer, like, you can play it single player. No problem. I don't know why I keep doing this, like, deep, generic voice. But um, there were lots of voices, lots of diverse voices. But they, in my brain, they all sounded like that. I just get, I just got frustrated. This trailer, again, technically looks pretty good. Graphically, pretty nice, honestly. I think it's really polished and like the character models especially are really nice. But like, it's, it's a shooter. It's a shooter. It almost reminds me more of Overwatch than it does Arkham. Just by like the way that the combat mechanics work. Is that insane? You're an Overwatch player. (laughs) <laughs> Obviously, this is third. Pl- third, pl- you were an Overwatch player, but do you see what I, I mean? I still am. Uh yeah. It's just, it doesn't really. There's nothing particularly unique about this game. Yeah, and maybe beyond st- its story and setting, if those are even substantial at all. Maybe the story will be good, and like I, I hope this game's great. Uh, me and friend of the show Cameron agreed that if it's good, we'll play it together. Um. I don't think it's likely that we'll be spending the $70 to play this game. Who? But, huh? Who? Cameron, do you want to play? <laughs> no. Oh. <laughs> I was just joking. Because I we always say friend of the show, Cameron, and now all of a sudden he's not friend of the show. He's just Cameron. I said friend of the show. Oh, did you? Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes my ears don't work. Please forgive. I was so confused why you said who, and I'm like, is the bit that you are like mad that I'm not inviting you to play the game you definitely don't want to play? <laughs> you can uh, join no. if you want. Joe Rogan's in this trailer. Cool. Skip to 420. That's not even a joke. Wait, hold on. I just closed it. Let me I have okay, to reopen. reopen and skip to 420 in the trailer. No, that's not him. That's straight up. Joe Rogan. No, it's not. <laughs> it is, and you're looking at it, and you know it, Kelly. It's like Joe Rogan if he was not Joe Rogan. Okay, let's. <laughs> I feel like we should stop giving Suicide Squad attention because I realized we spent, I think, like 14 full minutes talking about us going on high school field trips to go see it. Well, you may have gone in high school to go see it, but I, in high school, went on a field trip to Baldur's Gate. <laughs> what? No, you didn't. And if you did, I don't think you'd get to come back. <laughs> um, very exciting for me personally. Uh, Baldur's Gate is coming out August 31st this year. Um, and it is confirmed to also be coming to PlayStation 5, uh, <gasps> which we weren't 100% sure about before. I certainly wasn't sure about because to me, Baldur's Gate is a very PC game. Like when you play it, it feels like it would be hard to translate to console. But I'm very excited for my PlayStation 5 havers who wanted to play this game. Because now you can on the same exact day that I can. I'm sorry Um, that they said August and then they gave the date and it was literally the last possible day they could have done. It's okay. But at least it's definitive. Yeah. This is really difficult for me because everybody... Who knows me personally knows that this year is going to be a little bit crazy for me, uh, especially the months of August, September, and October. So I'm probably not going to have a whole lot of time to invest in playing Baldur's Gate 3, uh, but that's okay because 
I'm going to make it work and I'm going to play the heck out of this game. I mean, you could just cancel any big plans that you have in those months. Yeah, no life-changing events happening for me. Uh, uh, so. I, okay. Here's my thought. One. Okay. I can't <laughs> talk. I thought this trailer was really good. It looked, mm -hmm. it's probably, I think, the best looking trailer we've seen so far. Because mm -hmm. it was just concise and showed a lot of cool looking gameplay. I'm a little worried about the PlayStation 5 performance. Um, mm -hmm. The trailer wasn't perfect with performance. It looked like a little jittery, a little stuttery, um, but still really pretty. Uh, it, remind me, did Divinity... I know it came to uh, PS PlayStation later. Did Divinity launch just on PC? I think so. Okay, so it. I was also surprised this was day and date. Uh, yeah. Do we know J.K. Simmons was in it? Is that, no. Okay, so that was not just news to me. That was news to everybody. Yes, and it's funny because some I was away when this state of play happened, and somebody, friend of the show, Cameron, texted me and said, J.K. Simmons is, is in Baldur's Gate 3, and I was like, that's a funny joke. <laughs> because for some reason I thought maybe just a character looked like him. I don't know. I think he might have been in... Maybe I'm wrong. He's in Portal 2. Yeah, yeah, he's in Portal 2. For some reason, I thought maybe he was a character that is coming back for Baldur's Gate 3, but I think I'm wrong. I'm not 100% sure. Are you getting the collector's edition? Um, Probably not, what because if... I'm going to play it on PC because I already own it. It's on PC. The collector's edition? Yeah. What comes in it? Uh, a giant statue of Cthulhu trying to... I'll just send you a link. Um, it's below the link that I just posted. Oh, I see. I see. I see in the trailer. Yeah. Oh, uh, my God. I would love that, actually. And it also comes with three-day early access. Well, i kind of already been doing the early access. Well, I mean, like, three days, like, they give you the whole game. Mm. It is <laughs> just kidding. $260. That's oh, chump change for that's me. That's euro. It is more than 260 then. Chump change. Okay. Anything for the Mind Flayer statue. I really like the Mind Flayers in Baldur's Gate 3. I hope we can romance one. Okay. That's It's $270, yeah. Why were you so upset about that statement? Because they have the scary tentacly faces. Yeah. They're, aren't they just Cthulhu's? Um... Uh, no. Okay. Well, kind, but not really. I mean, they resemble him, but they are not like a one-to-one -one copy. Like, they do other things. Like, they mind control you and stuff. Wow. That makes it so much better that they mind control you. I'd love to fall well, in love Cthulhu with Well, Cthulhu doesn't mind control you. He just, like, drives you crazy in his presence. I guess so. I mean, you want somebody that you're in love with to drive you crazy, right? Exactly. So, therefore, I would like to marry Cthulhu. And I don't see the problem with this. And I think this is what H.P. Lovecraft intended when he wrote The Call of Cthulhu. Is that what it's called? Or is that the game? Anyway. Know. Andrew, why don't you go ahead and tell us about the next news story? Also, in that PlayStation State of Play, we got a new trailer for Chia. This is a third-person adventure game where you play as a young lady 
who can possess things. Um, you can like become a little bird, maybe a fish. I don't actually know if you can become a fish. fish. I think you could become a fish. There's a fish in the trailer. Um, a fish. It looks. I've never thought this game looked that interesting, and I don't know why. Maybe it's just an aesthetic thing. But this 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 is the best trailer we've seen for sure, and we got pretty surprising release date news, as well as release uh strategy news. Comes out March twenty first, which is real soon. You know, less than a month. I definitely didn't expect that. Uh, much more surprising to me is it's also coming to PlayStation Plus Extra and Premium on release day. So this is a game that I was definitively disinterested in. New trailer comes out. Mm, maybe I'm a little interested. It's free. Sure. I'll give it a try if I have some time. I feel like this trailer looks better than the last one. Yeah, for sure. It's definitely looking better than it has in the past. But sadly, I I still kind of feel... Um, neutral, you know. It's really yeah. pr- it's pretty, but like it's just not for me. I don't think. Are you saying she can turn into a fish? Because I just saw her turn into a dolphin. Okay, I didn't see that. I just know she could possess <laughs> things. Where did you see the dolphin? And when you were like, "That's definitely a fish." <laughs> no, I'm not dumb. Well, I'm very big fish. <laughs> I'm very dumb. I just know she can possess things, and I didn't see the dolphin. Stop. Sorry, it's just. Funny. I didn't even see the dolphin. It's just funny. It just gave me a giggle. Okay. Oh, that is a dolphin. No, I didn't see that. I didn't see that, Kelly. Okay, I believe you. It goes from dolphin I to bird. You. <laughs> big fish. <laughs> um, maybe I'll play it too as a PlayStation Plus Extra Premium Plus. Extra plus 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 extra ultra owner. I perhaps will play this game. Do you have extra or premium? I have premium. I don't know. <laughs> I think I have premium. <laughs> Did you play Ape Which Escape? Which one's better? Did you play Ape Escape? I don't. Reed does, whoever that is. Uh, what? Friend of the show, Reed. <laughs> Friend of the show? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, soon to be spouse of the show. <laughs> Can like we... he's married to both of us? No, he's just married to the show. Oh yeah. He's really committed. Uh <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh you have premium, because premium is the PS4 and 5 games as well as uh excuse me, as well as like the classics. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's me. Premium haver. I also have premium. I have no reason to have premium. I really think I should have gotten extra because it's slightly cheaper, but oh well. Uh, What I was going to say about PlayStation Plus as well is that during that state of play, they announced some new releases coming to PlayStation Plus Extra, right? Sure. Yeah, sorry. It's so confusing. Because they didn't announce any new premium games. They just announced some some extra games. I'm sorry. I'm trying to... The, the, my computer is fighting me. You're getting to hear live footage of me fighting physically with my computer. Wow. Don't make fun of me, Kelly. How am I making fun of you? I just said, wow. You're so mean. What? Um... 
They showed a Naruto game. They showed a dinosaur dating game. They showed some new Street Fighter characters. They showed a new Resident Evil trailer. They showed Suicide Squad. Where is it? Are we going to lose listeners because I can't find a stupid thing? <laughs> like people are just I'm going to look at the like the chart and this is when everybody tunes out. They're like, what is he looking at? What is he cooking? Anyway, what I was trying to tell you about is the fact that Ghostwire Tokyo, Chia, as we already discussed, Rainbow Six Extraction, Immortals, and the Uncharted Legacy of Thieves Collection are all coming to PlayStation Plus Extra. I found that out, and I was pretty excited because I really want more people to play Ghostwire Tokyo specifically. That's what I was trying to say, but I don't know why I needed to pull it up. I knew Ghostwire Tokyo was on the list, and that's what I wanted to talk about. Why did I need to pull up the whole list? Because you're a silly goose. I'm a, st- I'm a dumb, I'm a dumb, like canary at best. Wow. Kelly, this is a video game show. Do you play any? Well, here's the scratch, buddy. Okay, I. All right, that's funny. It's like ASMR. Did it sound fun? Did it sound nice? No, it sounded really bad. <laughs> Um, I was out of town this week, so I didn't have any ability to play any video games until like Sunday, uh, in which case I, can you believe it? I'm still playing Persona 5 Royal. It's only taking me about 20 years. Um, I did watch The Last of Us this week. Um, Should I take my headphones off? No, I won't spoil it. I mean, it's the Left Behind DLC. So if you know what happens in that, you probably have a pretty good idea of what's going to happen in the show. I thought, as per usual, it was done really, really well. I have no big uh, um, complaints. I think that the, uh, the show elevates a lot of the story beats that maybe didn't get as much room to breathe in the game. Uh, which we've talked about like extensively, so I'm not going to say that much, but uh, that's pretty much it. And that's all I've really been well, playing and watching because, as I said, I was not home. So please don't yell at me. Thank you. I have a question. Okay, what's your question? Can we talk about last week's Last of Us episode a little bit? Because we didn't do a podcast last week. That's true. It was... I don't know the name of the episode, but it was the episode that took place at Bill's uh, commune. Um, Bill? Oh, sorry. <laughs> Tommy. Tommy's Bro, commune. This is watched a different show. <laughs> no, Tommy's commune. Uh, it was mostly at Tommy's commune. The commune? <laughs> sorry. I don't hate that you said it. I hate that that was my reaction. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, oh god i really liked that episode it was mostly it was the last of us part two nod mostly they spent a very long episode basically setting up the setting of the sequel which i thought was a really interesting choice um i personally thought that there's a certain scene people usually refer to it as the cabin scene it's a really emotional ch- uh, interchange between Joel and Ellie that takes place at a very tense point in the story. And this show t- 
took a lot of the tension out of that by removing some stakes, because in the original game there are some severe stakes around that plot point, and in the show they kind of got rid of those and just made it an emotional thing without the need of like life or death circumstance around it, which I appreciated, but I didn't like that scene because they decided to go one for one. And I've played last, excuse me, I've played Last of Us so much that my brain was just like, it was just filling in the gaps of here's how it's different. Here's how she delivered differently. She delivered that differently. She took a slightly longer to do that. And like, I didn't want to think that way, but I couldn't help it. And like, it took a lot of wind out of my sails for that scene because it's one of my, it is potentially my favorite scene in the original game. And because of like my inability to just view it as is and my requirement of critiquing it accidentally, I ended up enjoying it a lot less than I did the original because most of this show I haven't really been comparing to the games, if if that makes sense. Like I'm just kind of viewing it as its own thing and then after it's over I'll think like, oh, here's how it felt different. But when they do the exact same thing one-to-one, it's really hard for me not to compare. And so I ended up enjoying that a lot less. And tell me if you disagree. Um, I don't disagree. I respect your opinion. And I feel like I understand where you're coming from. I have been continually the entire show going, this is different from the game. This is the same as the game. This is exactly the same as the game. So it's always <laughs> yeah. in my head. Um, but I find the differences to be a little bit refreshing, and I'm sure you also feel the same about other yes. differences. I didn't mind this scene. I thought it was really well done. I think something that I enjoy personally is Ellie, Bella Ramsey is pretty much playing Ellie uh, the same as the game. I mean, Ellie's character goes through a lot and changes a lot between the two games, um, but Bella's performance pretty much matches Ellie in the games as we know her. Um, I will say, I think Pedro Pascal's performance of Joel is interesting. He's older than Joel is in the game. He's supposed to be older uh, in the show than he is in the game, which is interesting. It feels like we're seeing him at a different point in his life. I also think he's playing Joel a lot more um, emotional. Mm -hmm. uh, we don't really see Joel open up like that until really he gets hurt. Um, which did happen, but we see him open up and be sort of cracked open with his brother Tommy um, in a more emotional, sadder... I mean, he's like, he cries more than Joel does. And I, well... Nothing. Sorry, Andrew just distracted <laughs> me. <laughs> um, <laughs> Kelly just made an accidental reference to a much further along... Terminology I shouldn't have used. But anyway, the point is, is that I... I enjoy that performance more. I think it adds more to Joel's character. And I think that it makes him and eventually what happens or maybe what will happen or maybe what will not happen um, more impactful. Impactful. Um <laughs> But that's just me because I we all know how I feel about Pedro Pascal. You've all heard it a thousand and one times. So I don't have to talk about it anymore, uh, even though I would like to talk about it more. I've been dreaming about him. Anyway, Andrew, what have you played this week? 
sorry. I've just been, you've been like, you accidentally kind of referred to an event from uh, the sequel and you just, and nobody who like hasn't played it will know what we're saying. So don't worry about spoilers, but just, I couldn't, I couldn't stop. I'm sorry. It's just so funny. I played video games this week though. I played a lot of video games this week um, because we had that week off and I was plowing through some stuff. So start with the big one. I played and finished the Dead Space remake. Um, I've never played Dead Space. I have some experience. I've seen a lot of it. And I remember liking the concept as a kid and wanting to play it, but never ended up getting around to it. This remake visually is awesome. It's super well polished. Very well designed. Um, I think visually the only thing that kind of bored me is that you're on the... The Ishimura is a spaceship and a lot of it looks kind of similar because of it's being like a dark horror centric spaceship. It ends up looking like a lot of very samey corridors, but they're very well made corridors and it's gorgeous to look at. This game feels designed kind of like a Resident Evil game. I would say it's more similar to like if you've played a lot of Resident Evil, I think it's most similar to like the Resident Evil 3 remake. Or I'd say a blend between the two and three remakes as far as, like, uh, coming back to old zones and stuff. It's mostly linear, but there's definitely some returning elements. And you can also spend a lot more time optionally returning to those places. But I didn't because I didn't want to. Uh, I just wanted to plow through the story. I got through it in a little over eight hours. I liked it a lot. I thought the story was kind of dumb, but the gameplay is the very much center focus of the game. There's very few points where they take away control. Um, so that you can get story, which I personally prefer in a game like this. The horror elements are not scary. They might be if you're um, like really sensitive to that kind of thing. But I am desensitized, and I thought that it was more so just cool and interesting and kind of grotesque. But it didn't spook me, and the jump scares are super predictable. And also they like follow a certain pattern. There's like this big tendril monster that grabs your leg and pulls you along the ground. And the first time, it got me pretty good. But then the second and third times, so I'm like, oh, that's a big tendril monster hole in the wall. Meaning when I get to the end of this hallway, I'm going to get grabbed. So I knew it was coming. And, like, that's not necessarily a bad thing. It's just they're pretty bad about scaring you. Um, and that might just be my overexposure. But I don't think that's a bad thing. I just wanted to have a fun time, and I very much did. This remake clearly had a lot of work put into it. Um I rented it from my local library, and I had a great time playing it. So I recommend playing the Dead Space remake if you either enjoyed the original want to revisit it, or if you just want a new game. There's no word on a remake of the second game. At this point, I heard uh, another podcast I listened to was like talking about like the possibility of them making like a sequel that follows a new continuity, kind of like what the Halloween movies did. And I was like, that would make a lot of sense. Because we know that the third Dead Space game got very poorly received, and the second game's a little divisive because it went way more action-y. So it wouldn't surprise me if they made, like, Dead, Spo- Dead Space... Dead Space... If they made, <laughs> a, like, a Dead Space 2 based on this remake um, that went a whole new direction. I guess, well, we'll, we'll see in the future. But I liked it a lot. Uh, another new release that I played, a brand new release, Atomic Heart. Uh, I talked to Kelly about this off-air a little bit. Um politically i felt very weird playing this game um it is a russian produced game 
not every citizen in Russia is as evil as uh, Mr. Vladimir Putin. And I'm not saying Who? that. Not friend of the show. <laughs> not friend of the show. <laughs> I would say enemy of the show, Vladimir wow. Putin. Wow. I mean, enemy of freedom, Vladimir <laughs> Putin. Uh, so this game is a a game set in a timeline where Russia won World War II. Um, Russia famously the biggest failure of World War II, the highest casualty rate of any country in the world. Um, also closely associated with the Nazis, who, uh, if you're not familiar, are, were the bad guys of that war. They did a, they did some bad stuff. Um, so, so the idea of them winning and it being presented not as like a Wolfenstein terrible dystopia, that's weird to me. Like, that felt weird to begin with. Um, there were some comments at the start of the game by the character about how great China is kind of out of nowhere. Um, they made jokes about how stupid America is. And, like, I live in America. America's it's pretty stupid. real stupid. <laughs> But when it's in like this weird Russian military lens, I'm like, this is peculiar. This feels kind of icky to like. I shouldn't be allowed to play this. Um, the dub is pretty iffy. Your glove talks to you, so it, it's basically forespoken. Oh, <laughs> no, it's not oh. quite that. But... I was just hit by a bolt of electricity <laughs> through my glove. Uh, it's not, if we're talking like, it's graphically incredible, um, aesthetically pretty nice, definitely a lot of Bioshock influence, but I just, the lens around this game, I personally can't separate it. And I'm usually pretty okay about that kind of stuff, but like here I'm just not able to do it. And like, I didn't pay for this game. I had it on game pass, um, the reception was not particularly positive. So to be honest, I probably wouldn't have touched it without game pass. And like the discussion around it is a very different one than say like Hogwarts legacy, um, which ultimately has a similar, uh, a similar discussion happening around it for different reasons. I don't think there's anything wrong. If you enjoy this game, I guess I should talk about the gameplay. I don't think it feels very nice. <laughs> Um, it's a Bioshock game, so you have, you know, a gun or a physical weapon, a melee weapon in your right hand, and then a glove that shoots stuff in your left hand. Um, but it it doesn't just it just doesn't feel right to me the way that your character moves. You move at a very specific speed when you're moving forward, and then if you start like moving left or right, and you just hit the certain threshold, you'll instantly like half your speed. So like if you're trying to move diagonally right forward and right I should say you might hit that threshold and just slow down to a crawl and it's like I just wanted to shift right a little bit and it was just there was no way to change that in the settings the camera moved so fast so I turned it down and then it was like well now it feels good when I'm look, looking right in front of me but when I want to turn all the way around there's no like acceleration so it takes forever to turn around it's just little things like that and ultimately, they validated my feeling of discomfort because I was like, if I was enjoying how this game felt to play, I might stick with it despite the weird Russianisms. But 
I just couldn't get past that, and then the game didn't feel good. So I dropped this game, which is disappointing because I was quite looking forward to it. But, you know, I just, it's hard to enjoy a game when you feel like actively icky playing it. Sure. Sure. So that's Atomic Heart. What about the big booby robots? Uh, they, I saw them. Okay. I don't really, I don't think horny makes the game good. Yeah, but what about when it's robots? Something to think about. Uh, um, I'm, I'm going to choose not to think about it. What else have you played, Andrew? Very, very different game. I downloaded, because it was on sale, the Klonoa Fantasy Reverie series. This is the first and second games remastered for modern platforms. You can get this on everything. Switch, PlayStation, Xbox, PC. Um, I played through all of the first game and about 90% of the second game, so I feel comfortable giving reviews for both. Uh, the first game is a remake of the Wii version, so it's not exactly as the PlayStation 1 classic was, but still pretty close. I had a good time. These games are pretty... They're old. Uh, Klonoa moves. It's a side-scrolling platformer with like a lot of 3D elements in integrated, so you can like throw enemies in the foreground and background because the whole mechanic is you can you can grab enemies and you turn them into big, big balls above your head that you can then chuck, like a big exercise ball. Um, and you could chuck it in three dimensions, but you can only move in two dimensions. Uh, the game feels pretty okay. It feels almost like an expressive platformer, you know, like a Mario Odyssey or like a Hat in Time, a Celeste, where you have so much control over your movement that it feels like you're creating like creative avenues to solve platforming, uh, not puzzles, but platforming challenges in front of you. This game almost feels like that with the throwing mechanic as well as your levitate you have a levitate with your ears that's basically like yoshi you know like that you know that yeah yeah but you're like it's your ears flapping for a second Whoa. it's very cute klonoa is adorable i love klonoa as a character but the game just feels slightly short of being like mechanically awesome so i was a bit disappointed the level design is fine there's nothing too special about it, which is disappointing. Um, and, like, the aesthetics are pretty okay. It's a nice enough remaster, but this game does kind of feel like a straightforward PS2 platformer. Um, the only thing that really makes it stand apart for me is Klonoa himself. I love the design of Klonoa, and I... I haven't played these games till now, but I really wished for him to return just so that this character could be, like more in the forefront and more more people thinking about it um if this hd remaster series sells well they said that they're considering coming back to that character i think if they gave this character to a to a developer like maybe an indie platformer like gears for breakfast or something that could really become something cool and turn klonoa into this 3d platformer that can move around in a space kind of like mario odyssey and explore and platform in fun exciting ways I think that's the direction I'd want from this series. But as it stands, the first and second games are good. 
I don't think I'd recommend going out of your way to play them unless you're really into like PlayStation 1 and 2 platformers. Um, this is... I feel nostalgic playing this game, even though I never played it, because it's like... It feels like an era of the past that I did enjoy. I loved Crash Bandicoot. I love Spyro. I loved Jack and Daxter Spyro... Or, I already said that. Sly. <laughs> you Ratchet just loved it so much that you had to say it twice. <laughs> I just loved that era. And so it was cool to revisit it in a way that I hadn't before because I'd never played this platformer. But as a standalone thing, I can't really recommend it too highly. Uh, sorry. I don't know who I'm apologizing to. <laughs> I don't regret Me. spending my $20 on the collection. It also only takes a few hours. This first game took me like two and a half hours, and the second one, presuming that the last level doesn't take me two hours to beat, took me about four and a half. So it was like a six, a seven hour total project to beat both those games. Uh, next game I played this week, also new release. Haven't gotten very far into it, but that is Like a Dragon Isshin. This is a uh, re-release of a PlayStation 3 and 4 game. That never came out in America, and it is a uh, 1800s Japanese story that's being told about um, imperialism and war and all that kind of cool stuff in Japan. Not cool, but stuff in Japan. Um, but these historical figures that are real are being played by characters from the Yakuza series. So, like, Kiryu is playing a, a traditional, uh, actual historical figure, as well as a lot of other Yakuza characters they are returning in a really cool setting that they definitely haven't been part of before. Um, there is no dub in this game, so if that is a big turn off, let that be known. Uh, but it is a third-person uh, action exploration game, so you're just kind of exploring these small, tight, open worlds. If you know anything about Yakuza, it's very similar to that, just in a more traditional Japanese town. Um the combat has swords by default, which is really exciting. I always love when I got swords in the beat-em-up Yakuza games, so being able to just constantly use one is cool. Um, I I played through all of the Yakuza games a couple of years ago, and I loved them, so I'm excited to have something new to play. Um, because I've been playing so much this week, I didn't get very deep into it, but I definitely plan on playing more, and I'm aesthetically and story-wise really enjoying what I've gotten through so far. I'll probably talk just more about that later, so look forward to that. Another new release, I've been busy, another new release that came out very recently, this last Friday, that I got is Octopath Traveler 2. I got this game for my PS5. I loved Octopath Traveler 1, but I thought it had some pretty deep flaws that held it back. I cannot say for certain that this, this game uh, assuages those problems, but... It at least is a major improvement in some senses. I have played the first chapter of one of the characters and started a second. Um, it is eight different characters that all have their own four-chapter stories and JRPG mechanics, but they work together, so it's not like Live Alive where they're all distinct and separate. They actually are all working in a party together. Um, mechanically, visually, uh, aesthetically, this game is very similar to its first to the first one. The music sounds very similar, which is a very good thing. The visuals are just a polished up version of that. Um, the big thing for me is the writing seems drastically improved. I really have been enjoying what I've been re in what I've been playing so far, and I'm 
truly excited to see where this game goes. I've heard a lot about how the characters talk to each other more and how there's actual integration between stories, which was the biggest problem with the first game is that the characters didn't talk to each other. So you were party members, but it was eight completely separate stories. So I'm really excited to see how that goes and how that integrates. Um, so color me excited. I'll definitely be playing a lot more of that game. But this week I was busy playing Klonoa for some reason. Sorry. Klonoa. I just feel the need to finish it, even though I wasn't enjoying it after a certain point. Sorry. Well, sorry. Why did I say sorry again? <laughs> I don't know. Who am I sorry to? Just a general apologia. Classic. Anyway. Classic Andrew. Hey. Mean? How's that mean? I don't know. Just, well. Just mean. I apologize. No, I'm the one who apologizes. I'm Andrew. The one who I'm the apologizer. I'm the one who apologizes. I'm Andrew. <laughs> uh, Kelly. Woo! 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 Wahoo! Yes. Yes? Wahoo! Sorry, I was yawning, trying to mask it with excitement. Okay. Real quick. I've been I, w- I was waiting for you to say yes, Andrew. But oh. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> I've been watching Parks and Recreation again. Um, okay. I haven't seen that series in a few years. I only saw it once. Uh I love it. That's not related though. Uh Chris Pratt as like this Chris Pratt, the one in early Parks and Recreation, would have been such a fun Mario. What happened to that guy? His head got too big. Seriously, I was just so disappointed watching this show, and I'm like, dang, he's funny. But like, all I can hear now is modern Chris Pratt and he him and his good old fashioned wahoo, wahoo, yeah, <laughs> uh, wahoo. Kelly, let's go home. Let's pack it up. Let's put it back in the bag. All right, putting it in the bag. Thanks. Oh. Oh, well. Did it sound like I was putting the microphone in a bag? No, it sounded like you were wrapping your hands around the microphone. (laughs) No, no, no. It sounded like like I put it in a bag. Here's what it sounded like. That's what it sounded like. I think we should wrap it up. I think (laughs) think we should should call it up. Call it down. Call it. I think we should quit. Hey, thanks for listening, everybody. I hope you have Thanks a really great. Everybody. I hope you I have, have a, really a really great week. Week. Bye. Bye.